0: We're going to go to the book of the Revelation this morning and chapter number 20. The book of the Revelation, the last book in the New Testament, and chapter number 20. I want to thank everyone that did pray uh, as we traveled out to New Hampshire and preached at the uh, men's meeting uh, this Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I thank you for... Uh, Praying for the safety and the travel and all, and praying for the preaching. And uh, I'm very uh, blessed. Uh, It was a good meeting, and uh, there was one man probably in his early to mid-30s that trusted Christ as his Savior during that time, so it made the whole trip worth it just for that. But uh, other good decisions made. A lot of men talked to me, and I'm thankful for the Word of God and how it works in people's lives and, and how it can definitely be a life changer. We're starting our missions month this Sunday, as I've already said today, but I want to try to preach this message because it really just puts a great big exclamation point on the reason why we have faith promised missions. Why we do what we do to try to get the gospel to people? <clears throat> um, this isn't just some type of a religious program. Right. It's God's plan right. because there is a real heaven Amen. and there is a real hell, Amen. and people are going to be at one of the two places right. when their heart stops beating. And so, as you follow along, we're going to start our reading in verse number 7, and uh, we're going to do our best to emphasize why the church is here, and what God has commissioned us to do. Revelation chapter 20, verse number 7, the Bible says, excuse me, when a thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, And shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about in the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them." And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne in him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. The title of the message this morning is simply this. There is coming a day. Let's pray and we'll get started. Father, we just come and one last time we ask for the wherewithal from you to preach this message the way that you would have it done that you might speak to hearts and do the work that only you can do. And we trust you for these things because we ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing for the reading of the Word of God and please do be seated. In the prior verses of this chapter we see that Satan had been bound for a thousand years in the bottomless pit. And then when he's loosed he'll go out and he will deceive the nations once again but he'll not prevail in that. Verse number 7 the Bible says again, when a thousand years are expired Satan shall be loosed out of his prison we know that he had been bound and cast into that prison been there for a thousand years during the millennial reign what's that? that's that time that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come back to the earth and he is going to rule and reign the Bible says with a rod of iron where people will be made to do right by him during that time. you say well why in the world if God has had him bound up in that prison for a thousand years why does he let him go? I, I don't know I I can't tell you, the Bible doesn't make that real clear. I've often thought maybe it's just to prove the depravity of man. Well, what are you talking about when you say that? Well, you have to think about this. The devil is bound up, all the forces of evil, the Lord Jesus Christ is back on the earth, and he's ruling this earth, again, the Bible says, with a rod of iron. So for a thousand years, people are going to be made to do right. For a thousand years, people won't miss church. For a thousand years, all the beer joints will be closed. For a thousand years, all the liquor houses will be closed. For a thousand years, all the porn sites will be down. For a thousand years, people will be made to do right by the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. And then when the devil goes out, he will deceive the nations once again. The depravity of man. No, no. After a thousand years, there will still be people. No, no. Being ruled by Jesus himself, there will still be people that are prone to follow the devil after that time. Maybe it's just to prove the depravity of man. And then verse number eight says, and shall go out the devil to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. So he gets loose and he begins to gather up his army. His desire has always been to sit in the throne of God. That's why he got kicked out of heaven. And he goes out and begins to gather up this army. And uh, we know that he's a liar. In fact, the Bible says that he's the father of lies. So I don't know exactly how he's going to gather up this army. Maybe he'll say something like this. Come on, you guys go with me. We're going to wipe God out once and for all. I've had it with these holy rollers thinking that they're better than everybody and I'm tired of all the do-gooders and all. And I'm telling you, I have got a plan and we are going to gather together and we're going to wipe out God. I'll finally get to settle on the throne. This is going to be a wonderful thing. You guys come with me and this is just going to be great. Now, I don't know exactly what he says, but he's definitely a good liar. And we know that he gathers up an army because it says that the army is as the number of the sands of the sea. So he gathers up this very large army and then verse number uh, nine says and they went up on the breadth of the earth encompassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city and fire came down from god out of heaven and devoured them so he gathers up this army and they surround the beloved city <clears throat> excuse me and the devil is is he, he says now wait I'll give you a signal. When I give the signal, we'll all go down there at one time. We're going to finally wipe God and His crowd out once and for all. This is going to be so wonderful. This is going to be so great. I mean, I tell you, I cannot wait until we just get Him completely out of the way. But the Bible says, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Okay, in one quick flash, that crowd's gone. That's the power of our God. No, I'm telling you, this is really going to happen one of these days. It's going to happen. Look, it may look like we're losing right now, but there's coming a day. The dope crowd might be closing in on us, but there's coming a day. The liquor crowd might seem like they're going to take over the country, but there's coming a day. The homosexual crowd who brought the perversion out into the streets of which they need to take it back to the closet. They may look like they're going to change mankind the way we know it, but there's coming a day. Uh, The abortion crowd might think they're going to wipe out mankind the way that we know it, but there is coming a day. They will not prevail. We're on the winning side. We're absolutely on the winning side. And then I love verse 10 because it says and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Now I love that verse because because I have had to put up with the devil for so long I am going to be ecstatic when he's finally off the scene and I don't have to deal with his riffraff anymore it's going to be a wonderful wonderful time what a day that's going to be but what takes place next is is the most Now stay with me. What takes place next is the most horrifying event that will ever happen in history. Ever. The great white throne judgment. At this point the judgment seat of Christ has already taken place. Well what's that? That's where you and I as Christians born again believers will stand before God and give account of our life. No, no, one day we will stand before God. You and I that have already trusted Christ as our Savior, we will stand before God and we will give an account of our Christian life. What we've done with the talents that God gave us, the abilities that God gave us, the money that God gave us, and on and on and on. We will give an account of our Christian life and what we have done with that. Now, we don't have to worry about being judged for our sins because we trusted Christ as our Savior and He took care of our sin debt. that's a wonderful thing so we don't have to worry about that thank god but the unsaved do those that have never trusted jesus christ and that's what the great white throne judgment's all about it's a place where the unsaved will stand and they will give an account of every sin they've ever committed right every sin and I want to look at a few things, these next few verses, about what is going to be there on that day. Look at verse number 11. It says, And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. So we see the Almighty Judge will be there, and that's going to be the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, he'll be the one on the throne that day. God the Father will be there, but he's a spirit. God the Holy Spirit will be there, but again, he's a spirit. God the Son in all of His glory, He will be arrayed and sitting on that grand throne and He will be the judge on that day, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. Now think about this with me. This is the face of one that's preparing to judge those that have denied Him. This is the face of one that's preparing to judge those that have scorned Him. This is the face of one that's preparing to judge those that have killed His servants." This is the face of of, of the one that is fixing to judge those that have twisted his word and brought out different perversions of the word of God that if you believe them, you couldn't even be saved by the grace of God. Now hold on, preacher. You just say you're saying you can only be saved if you read that King James Bible. No, no, that's not what I said. But there are other quote-unquote Bibles out there that take away some very essential doctrines, like the doctrine of the virgin birth and the doctrine of the blood atonement. No one I could go with that. But I'm telling you this morning that if Jesus was not virgin born, we're all in trouble. Amen. Yep, yep. Yeah, absolutely. This is the face of one that's preparing to judge those that have sit in services such as this service right here, convicted of their need of salvation, yet letting their pride or their sin keep them from receiving Christ as their Savior. This is the face from whom the whom the sin cursed heaven and earth fled, because now all sin is to be judged. Right. All sin. And I just don't think it's going to be too happy of a face. Do you? I'm so glad that the Lord Jesus Christ looks down at this earth right now with such eyes of compassion. Such eyes of compassion. Willing that, that, that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I mean, He looks on this earth with such eyes of compassion. But on this day, there are not be any eyes of compassion. Eyes like fire. And I'm so glad the Lord Jesus Christ has such lips of mercy. His lips are dripping with mercy, ready to plant that kiss upon the repentant sinner's neck, welcome them into the family. But on this day, no lips of mercy, lips of judgment. See, judgment day will have arrived. And the Almighty Judge, the Lord Jesus Christ, He will be, he will be presiding on that day. But look at verse number 12. It says, And I saw the dead, small and great, Stand before God. Now, stop there for just a second. The second thing that we see here that's going to be at the Great White Throne Judgment is some apologetic people, I believe. Um, it says, "I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God." Well, what does that mean? Well, from the biggest sinners to the littlest sinners, yep. they're all going to be there. Everyone of is going to be there. What do you mean by that? Well, people like Adolf Hitler, he'll be there. Uh, Mussolini he'll be there um, uh, 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 Joseph Stalin he'll be there the terrorists who attacked America on 9-11 they'll be there uh, Osama bin Laden their leader he'll be there and we can think about people in the Bible King Agrippa Remember King Agrippa in the Bible? No, he's the one that he told the apostle Paul, you know, Paul, you almost persuaded me to be a Christian. Well, he'll be there because almost didn't get enough. You must be born again. You must be born again. People like Ahab, people like Jezebel. I mean, all the big sinners, if you will. But then the unknowns are going to be there, too the Jim's and Joe's and George's and Frank's and Bob's and John's and Jack's and Allison's and Emily's and Jennifer's and Kim's and Susan's and all those that have never truly trusted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, they will be standing there on that day waiting to be judged for their sin. And I believe there's going to be some apologizing going on as they stand there before the Lord. What do you mean, preacher? I think that we'll probably hear things like, if I'd only known it was real, I wouldn't have mocked that preacher. If I'd only known what he was saying out of the Word of God, if I'd only known that was right, I, I, I wouldn't have made fun of all that. You know, if I'd only known it was real, I would have taken my chance to get saved. I, I wouldn't have slept it off. I mean, if I would have only known, and I'm so sorry that I acted that way, and I'm so sorry that I just didn't believe when I had the chance to believe, can you just give me another chance? Come on, can you hear them? I've said it very often and it is absolutely the truth I'm glad I'm not stuck in some dead religion I'm glad I have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ I'm glad there came a time in my own life that I trusted Christ as my Savior, and I'm not just trying to go through the motions so I can work my way to heaven one of these days. No, 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 friend. I am telling you, I have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and that is the only thing that's ever going to get me there, and there was a time in my own life, don't get too far ahead of yourself, Bill, there's a time in my own life where I denied the Lord, and I didn't want anything to do with people like me, and I didn't want anything to do with God, but I'm telling you, I'm very thankful that he never gave up on me saved my soul can't you hear him but that leads us to the second part of verse number 12 it says and I saw uh, the dead small and great uh, stand before God and the books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Now wait a minute, preacher. What is, what's it talking about? The dead, the dead, the dead. Well, it's those that are dead in their trespasses and sins. Those that have never truly trusted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. They, 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 don't, know the, they don't know the life that God can truly give if we put our faith and trust in Christ. But we see there that there are going to be the all-telling books the all-telling books the book of remembrance will be there not just one book books the book of remembrance will be there what's that all about that's the book in which all sin is recorded and that's the matter of fact from the age of accountability when we finally realize that uh, we are a sinner until the time that we go off into eternity if we don't trust Jesus Christ as our personal savior all sin is recorded all sin I mean every sin Big sins, little sins, in between sins are all recorded. God has them recorded. And uh, as that one person stands before the Lord, because it's not going to be a group judgment, people will stand there one by one. And as they stand there, I don't know exactly how God plans to do it. Maybe an angel will be reading the sins one by one. Maybe God will have some type of a big screen set up and show the sins one by one. No, I'm not trying to be funny. I mean, He's God. He can do it however He wants to do it. Absolutely so. And I don't know exactly how God's going to do it, but I know it's going to be a very terrible time. No, no, no. Can you imagine having every sin you've ever committed exposed to the whole world? Because see, not only the lost are going to be there waiting to be judged by one by one, but we that are saved to be there watching this, we're going to be there watching this. And can you imagine as he begins to read the sins or show the sins, Can you imagine that one person standing there saying, "No, no, no, please, please don't show anymore. Please don't say anymore." No, no, nobody knew I did that. Nobody knew I went there. Nobody knew I was thinking like that. No, nobody, no, 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 no. I'd forgotten all about that. Can you please just stop right there? I, I know I've done wrong. Can you please just I, I, I don't want anybody else to hear. Can you please just stop right there? Come on, can't you hear them? Can you imagine? As the sins are exposed. But not only the book of remembrance will be there, but the Word of God will be there. And that's by which sin is judged, and that's a matter of right. Someone might say, well, I just don't think that's sin. Better check the book. (laughs) Because this is the book that tells us what is sin and what is not sin. And this, it's what we will be, they will be judged by at that time. But also the Lamb's book of life will be there. It, it says in another book was opened, which is the book of life. <clears throat> the Lamb's book of life. And that's a matter of correctness. Now wait, preacher, hold on just a second. That book of life thing, that's, uh, that's uh, the, where all the names of saved people are written down, right? Uh, yeah, exactly, right, yeah. Well, why in the world is it going to be there where the lost people are being judged? Because I believe there will be some crying for mercy. Well, what do you mean by that? Uh, I, I would have to believe that there would be people there saying, My name's got to be in there. Come on. Come on. Uh, it's got to be in there I I was raised in church I was a member of the choir don't you know mercy don't you remember I turned over that new leaf and I quit smoking I quit drinking I tried to quit cussing I I mean I mean I I did the best I could my mom and dad were Christians in fact my grandma and grandpa were Christians and my name's got to be in that book I mean I was baptized remember in fact I was baptized a couple of different times I I, I mean I I did I I tried to do right my name must be in there I worked around the church I'm telling you I, I I I, I I tried to do the best I can. My name must be in there. And listen, friend, I don't know if God will even allow the angel to turn the pages of the book. But if he does, and they start with the A's and go through the B's and the C's and the D's and all the way through the Z's, when the book is shut, here's what the angel will say. It's just not there. Right Come on. Because God makes no mistakes. That's right. And I am telling you, friend, as you sit here this morning, right now, you are either born again by the Spirit of God, or you're not. Amen. Your name is either written in the book of life, or it's not. There's no in-between. And there's no chance for you getting it written down after you leave this life. There's no chance. Yeah. there's nothing left to be assumed on that day as they stand before God all the evidence will be available all available but look at verse 13 it says and the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works according to their works well, what's that all about? Well, there will be different degrees of punishment in hell. Hell was created not for man, but for the devil and his angels. So I believe they'll have the very worst spot in hell. Um, and those that have lived a life of unbridled wickedness, no doubt, will have a worse fate than those that have never heard. Well, you wait a minute, preacher. You wait right there. You, you, you think those that have never heard are going to have to go to hell? Uh, that's what the Bible says. Well, I was listening to a TV preacher. He said, if they never heard, they don't have to go to hell. Well, he better read his Bible again. Because that's exactly why we support missionaries all around this country and around this world that the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ can be proclaimed so people have an opportunity to repent of their sin and trust Christ as their Savior before it's too late come on that's what that's what missions is all about it's about getting the gospel out there so people can be saved that's why it's so important that if god speaks to your heart about 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 being a missionary uh, about being in the ministry uh, that you're willing to answer and say here am i i'll go I'll do what you'd have me to do. I'll tell people about Jesus Christ. That's why it's so important and that's why we keep the track racks full out there that we would get gospel tracts, and in our day-to-day life that we would pass those out everywhere we go. That people have a chance to hear that the Lord Jesus Christ died for their sin and that they can repent and trust Christ as their Savior so they don't have to face this horrible fate. Amen. <clears throat> I'm telling you, if they've refused to repent and trust Christ, they will have a place in hell. I don't say that with any joy in my heart. Well, preacher, what about that little lady down in the street? I mean, she's never hurt anybody. You know, she makes cookies for the kids in the neighborhood. And she's got all those cats and everything. But she, like, and she don't want anything to do with church or anything. Such that. She don't want anything to do with that or, or anything. But she's just so nice. What about her? I am here to tell you this morning that if she's never truly trusted Christ as her Savior, she will have a place in hell. And again, I say it, no joy in my heart whatsoever. But there's only one way to heaven, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's only one way to get to Him. Only one way to get to God. Only one way to end up in heaven. And I know a lot of people make fun of hell today, but uh, it's still a real place. And 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 I can even remember remember in my own life and probably said sometime in my own life, you know, I, well, you holy rollers y'all go to heaven. We're about tired of y'all anyway. You know, me and my buds, we're just going to go to hell and we'll get with the king of hell. That's what we'll do and we'll party for eternity. it's going to be wonderful. All the rock bands will be down there, man. All the raps. We're going to sing. We're going to party. We're just going to get with the king of hell. And we're going to party for eternity. Well, let me just clear something up real quick. The devil is not the king of hell. Hell was created for him as a place of eternal punishment and torment. Him and His angels. And there's not going to be any partying going on down there. I can promise you, friend. It's still a very real place. A place of fire and brimstone. A place where the worm dieth not. A place of weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. A a horrible place of darkness. And there's not going to be anything good down there whatsoever for eternity. And if you end up there, you never have a chance to get out. Right. Let's go there is no purgatory people can't light enough candles for you people will never be able to pray you out no 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 friend once you leave this earth without the Lord Jesus Christ that is the place that you will be for eternity not a good place and some people will say well <laughs> good grief that's not fair wait 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 God's not fair God is just. Right. That's right. He's the creator. He's the one that runs all of this. And He is the one that makes the decisions, not you or I. He's the one that set this place. He's the judge. Look with me to verse number 15. We'll come back to verse 14 in just a moment. Verse 15 says this, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So there's coming a day of appointed punishment. See, there'll be no escaping. One of these days you will face God. You will stand before Him. You will be judged. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, the Bible says, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. There is coming a day. Absolutely so well, I just won't go to that great white throne thing. Well, no, nobody's going to miss it. You're not going to escape. Not at all. But the great thing about this is that you don't have to go to hell. Right. That's right. God is willing that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That all should come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Well, that's real easy for you to say because, you know, you're a preacher. Oh, I've not always been a preacher. I was raised in a drunkard's home. The first time I remember being so drunk I couldn't stand up, I was probably about eight years old. Eight. My dad thought it was funny to give me booze and his buddies thought it was funny and so, I mean, that's what he did. And growing up in that, that type of atmosphere I was probably in more bar rooms by the time I was 11 or 12 years old than a lot of people in their whole life. I learned to have a taste for liquor. I learned how to get my hands on it even when dad wasn't around. And I remember being out on the street in grade school age and drinking. When I was 13, I smoked marijuana for the first time. By the time I was 14, I was doing all types of hard hard drugs, anything I could get my hands on. My dad wasn't a happy-go-lucky drunk. He was a very mean drunk. And I remember him coming home, tearing up the house, and whooping on my mom, and all these terrible, terrible things that nobody should ever have to go through. And I just wanted an escape. And however I could get the escape, I looked for it. Drugs, alcohol, whatever I could do. By the time I was 16, I was pretty much a drunkard myself. I really don't I, I like the word alcoholic. They say it's a disease, but if it's a disease, it's the only disease you can buy in a bottle. It's not a disease, it's a sin. Right. Amen. Amen. And all sin is addictive. Right. And by the time I was 16, besides all, the, all the, the dope I was taking, pretty much drinking every night too. I mean, my life was a wreck. It was a ruin. When I was 17 years old, my dad and I had a horrible fight in the mobile home we lived in, and he threw me out told me he didn't have a place there anymore. Not long after that, at the age of 17, I made probably one of the worst mistakes I've ever made in my life, and I used a needle for for the first time. I became an intravenous drug user, junkie if you will. And for the next 10 years, I was in and out of trouble, in and out of jail, off again, on again, just trying to make it, trying to keep going. My life was a mess. An absolute mess. But there were some people praying for me. Oh, a lot of people had already given up on me. Oh, Bill, he'll never amount to nothing. There's no way he's going to come out of this. This is never going to, this is never going to work out whatsoever. And I'd pretty much given up on myself. My dad told me most every day of my life I'd never be worth anything. And you tell a kid that enough, they start believing it. If I'm never going to be worth anything, why should I even try? But there were some people praying for me. And God began to work in my life as only God can do. And I began to hear the gospel. It seemed like everywhere I turned, I was hearing the gospel, hearing something about Jesus. God can change your life. And through a series of events, I did hear the gospel. How Jesus Christ came to this earth born of a virgin. They lived a perfect, sinless life. How, How they Took him, They took Him, the perfect begotten Son of God, and they took Him and beat Him horribly. How they platted a crown of thorns and put it upon His head. How they tied Him to a whipping post and whipped Him over and over and over and over and over and over again. How they put a cross upon his back and marched him through the streets of Jerusalem while people sped on him and pulled his beard out by the handfuls, mocking him, ridiculing him, spitting on him over and over. I mean, cussing him like a dog. How he got to the top of the hill called Calvary and laid down his life on that cross. No man forced him. And he allowed them to beat, beat, beat nails through his hands and through his feet and nail him to that old rugged cross. And how they propped it up there and he hung up there for some six hours suffering more than any man's ever suffered. I I detest these little pictures of of whoever it is hanging on the cross, this little guy and little blood running down here and there. No, 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 friend. The Bible tells us that by the time Jesus was nailed to the cross, you could scarcely tell He was a man because He had been beaten so badly. And He did that for me. He didn't deserve any of it. And I deserved all of it. He did that for you because you can't pay your own sin debt. He shed his blood as the price of your sin and my sin. They told me how they, that he gave up the ghost. Well, they killed Jesus. Oh, no, 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 no. You can't kill God. And he was God in the flesh. He gave up the ghost. He died purposely. And how they took His lifeless body down and laid it in a tomb, wrapped it and laid it in a tomb, and it laid there for three days and three nights, but at the end of that time, He rose from the dead by His own power. He's the only one that ever did that. Rose by His own power, proving He was who He said He was, the very begotten Son of God, God in the flesh. And how many... Not too many days after that he ascended to the Father where he sits at his right hand even this morning and he paid the sin debt by the shedding of his blood. I mean he paid your sin debt, my sin debt, and the sin debt of the world and he looks down hoping that people would just believe on him and trust him as their personal Savior. And after hearing such things one morning, I woke up on my couch knowing that's what I needed and got down beside my coffee table and cried out to a holy God. And He saved my soul that day, just like that. Praise God, yes. He saved my soul. I tried turning over new leaves. I tried to get rid of all my mess of my life and couldn't do anything until I came to know Him. And He changed my life. He did something on the inside that eventually work to the outside. It doesn't matter how many churches you join, churches can't save you. Right. It doesn't matter how many times you've been baptized, water cannot wash away one sin. Water. It does not matter how many good works that you do. Well, I, one of these days, I guess I'll get to heaven and that scale will be out there and I'll put my good works on one side and my bad works on the other side. And <laughs> well, I sure hope them good works outweigh the bad works. They won't. Right. There's only one way to God. And that is through what Jesus did for you and me. Only one way. I trusted Christ as my Savior. He did a work in here that's um, worked its way out. I'm so thankful for the good grace of God. But it's not available just to me. It's available to Everybody. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, I know, preacher, but God picks and chooses who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. And, you know, I'm thinking I may just be one of those ones that have to go to hell. No, no, no. That's a lie of the devil. That's right. God does not pick and choose who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. We decide whether or not we're going to put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We decide whether or not we're going to go to heaven or we're going to go to hell. He offers it up to us. It's a free gift. It's nothing to do with us. It's everything to do with Him. You mean all I have to do is just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? What the Bible says. Well, that just sounds too simple. I talked to a, I talked to a man this weekend for, at length about that very thing. But God made it simple for you and me. He, he made it simple. No, no, no. He made it simple that all we'd have to do is just come to Him, put our faith and trust in Christ, and He would save us. He made it simple because He knows us. He wants us to be saved. He did that for us. I'm telling you, friend, if we're willing to, the Bible says that salvation comes from repentance toward God and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, what's this repentance thing? It just means that we want what God has to offer. That we're willing to turn our heart to God and accept what He did for us on that cross all those years ago. He did that for you and me. He hung naked before the whole world with great hopes that people would not stand before Him at the great white throne judgment. But there comes that time, there, there has to come a time that we make the choice to put our faith and trust in Christ. Tired of the old life, ready to turn to God. Trust what he did for me. That verse says, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. See, there's coming a day of absolute helplessness. It says they're cast into the lake of fire. I think that once the judgment, great white throne judgment is over, and those people are there waiting, look up here, please. Those people are there waiting. It's not going to be just an ushering thing where the angels begin to say, come on, move along into the lake of fire forever and ever. Come on, keep moving. Keep the line moving. Oh, no, no, no. It says they're cast. They're thrown into the lake of fire with no hope of ever getting out. Can you imagine them standing in that line? Can you imagine watching them stand in that line? Can you imagine seeing people you know standing in that line people you've had an opportunity to talk to about the lord but you haven't people you've had an opportunity to give a tract to and invite the church but you haven't can you imagine them looking at you and saying you were a christian you're kidding me and you knew this was going to happen but you never warned me was there something matter with you Wait, 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 you were a Christian? And and, and, and you didn't you, you didn't keep you didn't keep trying to get me to come to church and listen to this? You you didn't I know, I know I got mad, told you just I didn't want to hear about it anymore, but you knew this was gonna be the end, and so you just quit talking about it. Come on, can you hear them? It's really gonna happen. It's gonna be terrible. At that point, there's not going to be anything good about it. As we watch them one by one cast into the lake of fire and brimstone for eternity. And we won't be able to do anything about it but stand there and cry. You won't be able to reach them then, but you can reach them now. You can tell them now. You can warn them now. You can invite them now. But not on that day. It'll all be over. Look at verse 14. and We'll we'll be, we'll be done. Stay with me here. Verse 14 says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. There's coming a day of annihilated death. There'll be no more death. No more pain. No more parting. No more sorrows. No more tears. No more fears. There's coming a wonderful day for those that know the Lord Jesus Christ. In chapter 21, verse number four, the Bible says, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. It says God will wipe away all our tears. What are, what are the tears about? Remember what we just watched? But not only will the tears be wiped away, but the Bible says that God will remove the remembrance of former things where we don't have to remember that for eternity. And we'll be with Him forever and ever and ever if we know the Lord Jesus Christ is our Savior. And that's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time for us that are saved I love that old song. There is coming a day when no heartache shall come. No more clouds in the sky. No more tears to dim the eye. All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. (laughs) What a day... A glorious day that will be. Let, let me ask you a question. I'm done. Where will you be on that day? What what line are you going to end up in? My friend, if you're not sure that you have trusted Christ as your personal Savior, I can promise you that God wants you to do so. He loved you enough that He sent His only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to pay your sin debt. But you have to be willing to receive what He did for you. You people are always trying to shove this stuff down my throat. Oh, no, 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 no. We're not trying to shove anything down anybody's throat, but we want you to know the truth. And this is the truth. When we leave this life, we're going to go one of two places. And we're the only one that can make the decision to end up with God. We have to decide. Turn our heart to God. Put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and what He did all those years ago. I didn't clean up my life to come to God. I came to God and He cleaned up my life. I'm so thankful for the changes that only He could make. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's bow our heads for just a moment. No one moving, no one looking around. For Just a moment in respect of the Lord and respect of those around you. Appreciate your willingness Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Very well could be you're here today and you'd say, Pastor, I I just don't know for sure if I died right now that I'd go to heaven. I, I don't know that I've ever truly put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Or maybe you'd be one to say, I know that I'm not headed there. I know that I've never trusted Christ as my Savior. I'm going to ask, would you let me pray for you this morning? I can't get saved for you, but I would really like to pray for you if that's the case, that you aren't sure that you're saved, you're not sure you've trusted Christ. Would you allow me to pray for you this morning by just raising your hand, lifting your hand, and allow me to do that. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come to you. Nobody's going to try to drag you down an aisle. We would just like to pray for you. Preacher, that's me. I'm just not sure I'm saved. Would you let me pray for you? Just slip your hand up wherever you are and let me do that. Right there. God bless you. And there. God bless you. And here. Thank you so much for that. Right there. Thank you for your honesty back there. Thank you for that. Others, you didn't raise your hand before. Yeah, preacher, when you pray for them, pray for me too. Would you allow me to do that? I'm not trying to embarrass you whatsoever, friend. I'm telling you this, that what I just told you out of the Bible is the absolute truth. And it's so very important that you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior before you ever leave this world. Again, you you didn't raise your hand before, but you want to raise it now. Y'all preacher, please pray for me too right there. God bless you. God bless you, ma'am. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for that. Others? Anyone else before we move on? You're here today and you'd say, you know, preacher, when you started talking about those people in that line, God brought somebody to my remembrance that I need to tell about Jesus, and I know I do, or I need to tell them again, or I need to invite them to church. God burdened me about someone this morning, preacher, when you talked about those folks. Would you please pray with me that I'll do what I know I need to do to get the gospel to them at least one more time. Would you pray with me about that? You're here like that. Would you slip up your hand and allow me to pray? Would you hold them up for just a minute? Would you do that? Hold them up high. God bless your hearts across there, back there, back there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you over here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you you very much. You may put your hands down. Thank you very much. Let's all stand. Our heads are bowed. Dear Heavenly Father, hell has to be one of my least favorite subjects to preach. And you know that. You know my heart. But I know it's your desire that we warn people of the things to come. And Father, really your Bible talks more about hell than it does heaven because You wanted us to have that warning. And I pray for those in here that do not know Christ as their Savior. I pray that they would even come this morning and let someone take, a, take them aside, take a Bible, get it all settled. They can have it settled before they leave this place today if they're just willing to turn to You. Father, if they walk out of here without knowing Christ as their Savior, I pray that You would uh, continue to work on their heart night and day and day and night. Continue to convince them and convict them. Lord, speak through their heart. Continue to draw them to Yourself that they might eventually trust Christ as their Savior before it's eternally too late. And then Lord, hands all over the auditorium. You've spoken to people's hearts or you brought someone to someone's memory that needs the gospel again. I lift these folks up to You and I pray You give them the boldness and the wherewithal to contact the folks they they know they need to contact and share the gospel with them. Invite them to church. Sit down with them and even plead with them that they might trust Christ before it's too late. Whatever needs to happen. But Father, I pray that they'd come this morning and they would pray for that person that you laid on their heart because it's you that's going to do the work. It's you that goes before us and touches the hearts of those that need Christ. And so I pray that uh, we would lift them up to you before we leave this place. Dear God, please save those that are lost. Help us that are saved to be more aware of the loss that pass by us every day. I pray your perfect will would be done these next few minutes. And we ask these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. The altar's open. Piano's going to play. Some have already come to the altar. You need to pray for someone that you know is lost. Why don't you come this morning and lift them up to the Lord? No, no, it's God that will go before you. It's God that will speak to their heart. It's God that can do the work that will bring them to the saving knowledge of Christ. Only God can do that. Only God. But you don't know Christ as your Savior? We'd sure like to talk to you. We'd sure like to show you out of the Bible how you can get that settled. Would you let God have His way? He's waiting to save you. Would you come down and plead with the Lord for someone you know is on their way to hell? Because He's ready to help them. Would you let God have His way this morning? Whatever He wants. You don't know Christ, we'd be happy, very happy to take you aside show you how you can get that all settled. Jesus loves you. He died for you. The Holy Spirit of God is wooing you, trying to woo you to Him. Why don't you come today? Isn't it time you finally got it settled? Isn't it finally time you gave your heart to the Lord? Whatever God would have you to do, He's just waiting for you.